This is Trash Talk with your host, Garrett the Trash Man. All right, what is up, everybody? Um, welcome back to Trash Talk. Super excited to uh, have Ryan on. Um, we're just meeting for the first time. Glad you could uh, could get with us and get on this with us. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a chance after our rants to kind of introduce yourself. Um, I'm excited to hear more about what you do, and I'm sure all our listeners are. So, John, why don't you take us off with the rant? I will. Today my rant is about today. Yeah? Yeah. I wasn't going to come today. I thought, you know what? I want to (laughs) go. So I did. And I am glad I did because it's good to do things that you enjoy. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of too? So I I would imagine you're your own boss. Mm -hmm. I'm my own boss. John, you're John. You're your own boss. It's funny how even when you're on your own boss, how often you don't do what you want to do. Of course. And it's like, wait, wait a second. This is why I've got this, so I can do whatever I want when I want. So sometimes you do got to take the easy road. And of late, I've been doing a lot of not exactly what I wanted to be doing, but what I occurred for me is what I ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. And today was one of those days. I said, screw it. I'm gonna go do something that I want to do. Sweet. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here. And frankly put, it's good because I'll share my experience of it. At times, you get nose to the grindstone and you just keep going, going, going. And if you don't look up, then you never know where you're going. For sure. Yeah. It's a plan. Perfect. Anything else? No, that's my rant. All right. I pulled that one out of a hat right there. <laughs> Ryan, what you got going? Man, we were uh, we were talking before we hopped on here about financial literacy. So mm-hmm. I think I could kind of take it a step further, man. College. And college is broken. What What did oh, I just say on the way here down here? <laughs> Let's hear it. I want to hear it. The can it. of worms has been opened. The <laughs> can of worms has been open, man. Uh, the structure of it is going to teach you how to follow the rules and not think for yourself. You've got to like literally listen to other people and value their opinions more than your own. And the minute you start challenging anything, that's when they start to question you and say that you're not going to be successful. Yeah. You've got to start at the bottom. This is the only way to be successful. And I just think that there needs to be more in the world of how to just think for yourself. Think outside the box. Yeah. So what is your, and I'm going to play devil's advocate sure. here. What's your opinion then on people who want to be professionals? Professionals in the aspect of business or like athletes or what specific? Like, like professionals in the sense of like doctors, lawyers. Doctor, lawyer, attorney, engineer, teacher. Yeah. All that. Those are the ones that need to go to college. Aside from that, why would you? Yeah. Well, and I would argue even the teacher, if we could tweak that a little bit different, yes. so we're not getting the same mold Absolutely. every single time. Yeah. The, no, the problem with point. most teachers is like the, like the saying, those who can't teach. I always hated when I would hear my friends say, oh, I've got a business class in college. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, how many businesses have they owned? Well, yeah. none. Well, <laughs> what the hell are they teaching for? Well, and even if they have owned, so I did one semester at college. Okay. I did one semester because I wanted to go play football. Yep. So, um, and I, I was going to be a business major, major and my my business professor, he'd actually gone through, owned a bunch of businesses, yep. done that, super cool. But everything we were learning was 15 years old from a Absolutely. book that was 15 years old. It's not up to date. Yeah, and if, and if you're in business, you know it's like every six months, a lot of stuff changes. Taxes, regulations, yeah. rules. Marketing, Absolutely. all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's my rant. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Amen. Screw college. Screw college. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, and that's uh, – I was going to ask you too. I didn't I didn't notice a ring, but I also don't marry, wear a ring, and I'm not married. You're not married? Nope. Probably don't have kids yet then. Uh, not that I know. <laughs> yeah, not that you know. So I, I, we do have – I've got three kids. John's got two, um, okay. and my oldest is 
just about done with uh, preschool. Next year, he'll be going into school. Awesome. And what I was going to say is I don't think it's just college. It's all of school. It's all of schooling. Me, me and my wife have been getting ulcers trying to decide what we're going to do with our kids. Right. Because throwing them off to government schools. It's like, tough. They have to uh, – there's a lot of, like, judgment and growth that has to happen within themselves, and that all comes from the foundation of the parents. Yeah. So as long as it's the understanding and communicative parents, I think that they're in the right – the right path. They just got to, at the end of the day, I always tell people like strict parents aren't usually the ones that are going to lead the kids down the best path. Because yeah. the minute you tell somebody not to do something, it's human nature for them to want to go and do the other thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to give reasoning behind not doing things and then understand that even when they do it and they're not going to listen to you, it's more of a learning lesson for them that they need to make sure they understand why X, Y, and Z happened so they don't do it again. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's, that, that kind of stuff happens in public school all day long. Oh yeah. Well, I, I can remember the first time I got sent to the, uh, principal's office second grade like clear as day still because it was yeah. like tragic it was because i wouldn't sit in my seat hmm. i'm like I'll, I'll stand here i'll do whatever you want but i can't sit down anymore dude i just can't do it and he's like you're the out of here. yeah yep. and luckily i had parents that you know i was so scared i was gonna be a big trouble my parents were like you got in trouble for that we don't freaking care man yeah, like, like you're fine yeah you yeah. stood up they're like you you didn't yeah. like you weren't mean to a kid or something i'm like yeah. oh you, you stood up oh oh yeah cool right you're fine so yeah i think i think there's a lot of wisdom in what you said for sure so yeah love it all right what i got to rant about i totally totally had it in mind and then we started ranting about and and it, it uh went away but uh man if, if it would come back to me, that would be great. But here's something that I've been thinking about for a couple of days that I'll bring up. And it's about like the intentions behind doing kindness. Mm-hmm. So there's something I've recognized that I've done in, uh, in my business. And it's trying to win business through kindness. Absolutely. And I'm going to disagree with someone that's pretty popular for saying this. Old Mr. Gary Vee, I'm sure we've all heard of. If you live on this earth, it's hard to not have that guy get yeah. in front of your face at some Literally. point which <laughs> that's something I've heard him talk about. Um, but what I found is as a business strategy, meaning if that's my only intention of doing something, I don't think it's very useful. Um, my expectations that I had of doing um, something nice for say a business, I want them to switch over. And that was the only thing like all it caused is me being frustrated that they weren't doing what I expected they did. If I hooked them up and uh, if I would just went and said, hey, I'm happy to do that. And what I would want out of the deal is you being a customer, I'd probably get them as a customer. But just leaving it open-ended, um, yep. it kind of just goes back to expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to clean those up. You got to tell people what you actually want. So Intentions, yep. Yeah, so that's what I got for today. So let's dive in, man. Let's do it. I'll, I'll leave it open-ended for you to introduce yourself. Oh, However man. you like to do that, whatever you like to say. Yeah, so yeah. so tell who, – who are you? Yeah, my name is Ryan Zolan. Um, I'm a real estate entrepreneur, 24 years old, and I do a little bit of real estate. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of real estate. So uh, how about you give us a little little context there? How much is a little bit? Uh, my team usually averages like 20 deals a month. Sheesh. So, so team, um, where's that at? In Arizona? Yeah, we're in the East Valley. We're over by the Mesa Airport. Okay. So we've uh, got an office building over there. Uh, there's 11 or 12 of us. Okay, awesome. So – First question I'd have about that is, well, yeah, let's start there. How'd you how'd you get started in that? Because you said 23? Uh, 24? 24. Yeah, you yep. just, just, just had a birthday, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so 24 You're years old. You're old now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nothing but downhill. Dude. Give another two years, you might as well be 45, yeah, trust just us. Just give up. Throw it in. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you, I would imagine you started when you were 18. Correct. So 
can you walk me through how you got started and how have you scaled up yep. so quickly? Because I know I know fifty year olds that aren't don't have a team doing 20, uh, 20 deals a month. So yeah, average realtor, unfortunately, uh, they do like three deals a year, three to five. That's on average. Yeah. So um, I started eighteen, fresh out of high school, and I did not know anything about the real world. Like I was. I always make the joke, but like all I knew was like the Pythag- Pythagorean theorem, and I could barely do that shit. Like I, I, I don't even know what that is. Is that something I, I should th- know? At this point, I feel like <laughs> I think I'm gonna say it properly. I think it's a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, I think that's what that is. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, I graduated with a 1.7 GPA from a school out here in Gilbert. College Coming wasn't really in the cards. Um, <laughs> I was telling you guys a little before the show, but like I always kind of went against the grain. I was the one that always challenged everything and uh, never really took direction all that well. The, I was the one that where the teacher would say, "You have to do this, this, and this," and I was the one that raised my hand and said, "Why?" Explain that yeah, to like, me. Like, can you break it down on a third grade level? Why I have to do it this way? I did it over here. It doesn't matter if I copied off this person's sheet or if I did this, this, and this and got yeah. the same result. Why do I have to follow this path? Or aren't we looking for results here? Exactly. Yeah. And so. Um, Right, right out of uh, high school, just jumped into real estate school. Didn't really know what else to do and just kind of fell into it. I went to a couple of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad seminars when I was a senior in high school. Spent like a weekend over there. Super curious. I'm going to stop you right there. Sure. How, what, what, who were you around? Mm-hmm. What caused you to arrive at a Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Because Robert Kiyosaki, I think, is top yeah, notch. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, um, yeah. Who, who were you around that at such young age had you arrived at some yeah, of his so stuff? my family moved out here from illinois when i was a kid to start their own company it was my mom and dad they started a restaurant repair and hvac company okay. um, at the time it was just restaurant repair they didn't open up hvac side until like i think 10 or 11 years afterwards mm-hmm. uh, but parents split so i got a lot of like just good variety of balance where i think my dad was more of the business and like aggressive mindset where my mom was more of the compassion empathy and understanding emotions and feelings with like self-awareness, I guess you'd say. Okay. So I had really good just foundation with the two of them, um, even though they were split up. But then senior year, uh, they kind of both knew that college clearly wasn't the path. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what I originally wanted to do was I wanted to be a sports broadcaster for the Chicago Bears, obviously. Dude, that's why we brought these headphones. Exactly. So you can live it out in This here. is the dream. <laughs> this is it. Uh, but I, again, self-awareness at senior year, one, college wasn't in the cards. Two, I also had the understanding that at a young age, um, there's a few things. One, if you want to go sports broadcaster, you're starting at the bottom at high school, then collegiate. And then if you make it pros, you're going to get stationed wherever they put you. Mm-hmm. The other part of it was that nowadays, if you're an athlete and you're retired, they'd rather have you be the broadcaster because you have the experience and the personality rather than the person that's 10 times more qualified. Yeah. So I also looked at the pay and it just didn't really you know, float my boat 40k a year. I was like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Traveling mm. around 40k yep. a year can get Meh. the boot any day. Yeah, exactly. You have one slip and the whole mob's after yeah, yeah. you. Canceled and everything. Yeah. So uh, no, I, I from there I just kind of was trying trying to play out a bunch of different options. And my stepbrother, um, same dad, different moms, but he runs my dad's company. He was always big into real estate, and they were always kind of venturing off from the original path of the restaurant repair company. It's one of the biggest companies out here in the state, and they do really well. But they were always like, well, you got to like invest money some way or another. And so they were reading the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad at the time. They bought a couple rentals. Uh, they were flipping like a house every like two years. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, hey, like you obviously don't do well because I would take my summer breaks, uh, winter break, spring break to be working with them. I did it just to stay out of trouble, but also, you know, self-awareness, figure out things and make good money on the breaks rather than sit around playing video games all day. Yeah, sure. So I did that. And then they were like, hey, you are definitely not this guy. Like, you're not the one that's going to have your arm deep in a fryer pulling things out, cleaning out restaurant equipment and fixing it. 
I was the one that was in a business club in high school. Yeah. So they liked that I was the guy that wore suits and I'd show up and I'd be good at marketing. I was good at negotiations and just kind of talking to people. Mm -hmm. So going from having that self-awareness of the business club to being able to go to competitions for that club and compete pretty well to dressing the part to then obviously, you know, ending up at that seminar just kind of felt like the next best thing to do. So I gave real estate school a shot right out of high school. Awesome. Yeah. That's and one thing for for real estate and just talking about these finances, my experience with it. So so I started and I was doing door to door, made some decent money in that. Like a lot of guys can make some good money. Um, then went in. Um, my dad stepped out of the family business. I took it over. That was going really well, making pretty good money. However, starting out like it was, I I couldn't grasp how um, someone could really build wealth. Yep. Because when you're starting out, it's like man, even if you're making six figures. That goes fast by the time you're getting your wife a car, get you a car, trying to set up life, taxes, all exactly. And I'm like, I don't know how to get ahead. And then the first house I bought and flipped, all of a sudden, what I made in a year. You made made, one deal. Yes, I made a deal. And I was like, this is it. This is how how I build wealth. Yeah. So I have a question for you. So you actually got into real estate more so as a realtor on the transaction end. Absolutely. I was a realtor for three years. I don't tell people I'm a realtor now. I am a licensed real estate agent, but I do not show homes. I, yeah. I yep. my, my, my license is inactive, but yep. I, yeah, I have. For sure. All I have to do is pay my dues. So. Yep. But um, my wife is, and so I was just curious. So you actually started out on the transaction end, basically just helping people, which frankly put in this kind of market, you can still make pretty good money. You can. Uh, if you're hustling. Yes. Buyer's agents have a very uphill battle, in my opinion. It's, yes. Uh, when you're competing against multiple offers. Now, keep in mind, when I started, it was six, going on six years now. So when I started, it was actually a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. So like you could yeah. negotiate 10K under list price. The seller would pay some of your closing costs. Properties would sit for, on average, 14 to 30 days. Mm-hmm. So when I started, it wasn't a bloodbath like it is today. Interest they rates, might sit 14 hours. It, right. Nowadays, <laughs> yeah, 14 minutes, like if you yeah. list one that's yeah. crazy. So. Yeah, I um, I was a realtor. I, I started off on a team myself, basically making calls 12 hours a day. I was in a little cubicle. I was told to wear dress clothes, which I didn't mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that 12 to 14 hours a day, just hitting the phones. And then I just, yeah, that sucked. That was my foundation, but it got yeah. me over being on the phones pretty quick. <laughs> I can imagine. I, yep. I encourage young guys, though, so much to do something like that, whether it's door-to-door sales. John also did door-to-door sales mm-hmm. with yep. solar or on the phones, whatever, Um, something exactly. Rejection. Yep. Exactly. Cause to get over that fear, Mm -hmm. when you meet someone that's, uh, in their late twenties or thirties or forties that hasn't got a chance to get over that rejection fear, that write your own paycheck Mm -hmm. mentality, they're just kind of stuck where they're at because they've, they've never climbed that hill. So for sure. So what, what happened? What transition happened? Three years, you're Typical realtor, and I say typical, I don't don't have an idea of exactly what that looked like, but typical realtor, where did the transition come in? I would imagine you you hold yourself as a real estate investor now more than a a realtor. So what happened with that transition? How'd that all work out? So I wasn't like a terrible realtor. Um, I just didn't do like high volume. I had a lot of friends that were doing 40, 50 million a year in sales, and I was hitting like five to 10 million. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't bad, but um, just over that six figure mark. So I actually had a business partner who started off as a mentor. Um, after I left that team, he became like a mentor business partner. We had 21, 22 agents that were working for me when I was 19 years old. It was insane. Like 
everyone was like, oh my gosh, you had so many people that you were in charge of. That was my most miserable time in real estate. Really? Yeah. Like Just because you were in charge of so many? Or? I was in charge of people that were twice my age that didn't respect my authority and the fact that I was working twice as hard as them. And I think at the age I was, I also didn't really have the quite the proper management skills. Mm. So a lot of times like my approach would be off or I was like, just, I didn't really care about their opinions. I was like, Hey, like I'm first in last out. I don't care that you want to take the weekends off to go camping. Yeah. Why? Like that's not real estate. Well, well, and if they're a family or have a family or whatever, yeah. you're just not having any connection to and that. And nowadays I call that variables. That's where my approach is off. Yeah. It's not baggage. It's not, um, things that are going to hold somebody back. Everybody in life has variables. So whether it's kids, a wife, a husband, um, credit card debt, college debt, mortgage payment, whatever it is, real estate's extremely hard because sometimes it takes a good amount of time to get going. So while I had the understanding of like, okay, I want to make this a career. I've got to work harder than the guy next to me. That was the foundation that was instilled in me from my dad was that mm -hmm. realtors aren't going to be the best, but a lot of them are going to fall into a few deals every year. You want to go and make sure that you're working harder than everybody. So it's not just a few deals a year. So I was working the hardest in the office, and um, I would ar also argue that a lot of people get into real estate for freedom and flexibility. And then when you're a realtor, when do you show houses? It's nights and weekends. Yeah. Yep. So you're not really getting the full freedom. So then when I was telling the people that were twice my age that looked down on me that you have to work the weekends, it didn't just it just didn't work well. Yeah. So the transition occurred when uh, I was the big fish in the small pond. I was the top producing team, top producing agent over at the brokerage over here in Gilbert. And I had a buddy of mine that he was kind of doing the investment side without me knowing it. And his buddy, my buddy's name is Templeton Walker. And he was like, hey, like, uh, send me your deals. I'm like, what the, what the hell does that mean? Like, you know, I'm out here working with buyers and sellers. And he's like, yeah, you could represent me in the transaction. You could take all the commission. I'll buy it cash, 10-day close. I'm like, but you're an agent. Like, why wouldn't you yeah. take the commission? Uh -huh. And that was when he's like, hey, let's, go to, let's go to breakfast. Went out to breakfast with a guy. And he just was very casually eating his breakfast. He's like, hey. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wholesale a little bit. I fix and flip. And I'm like, okay, well, what does wholesaling mean? And he's like, well, it's nothing crazy. I just make like an extra 400000 on the side every year. I'm like, <laughs> no big deal, bro. I'm like, did you just say on the side? Like, yeah. what does that mean? And so that's when I kind of got exposed to there's some real money that can be made. And that's where I told you my best year was like 130000 yeah. And that was like a $30 million a year where if you do the math on it, why did I make $130,000 as a team lead? It's because of overhead. It's because of splits. It's because of just putting yep. out fires, lawsuits. It was way too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I transitioned to the investment side, he sat down with me and uh, he was like, hey, dude, you're the big fish in the small pond. How would you feel to be the small fish in the ocean surrounded by the sharks and I'll kill anything that gets in your way? And I'm like, <laughs> like sounds like that scene out of Wolf of Wall Street. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And I was like just typed up, ready to run through a brick wall. And I'm like, hey, did you call the guy? And you're like, hey, no, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I quit. <laughs> Something like that. So I actually sat down with him and I, uh, I was trying to get him to basically jump ship with me. And at this point, he, he was doing really well in real estate. I mean, he had a kid that he just brought up that was making six figures. I mean, he was making about 100000 himself every year anyway. Mm -hmm. So he basically runs the show at the brokerage. They don't tell him what to do, how to do it. He kind of tells them what he's going to do. And they say, okay, sounds good. Trust Jeff. So I sat down with him and I was like, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. Uh, he decided he was going to stay there. So I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do with the team? I don't want them. Do you want them? And he's like, nope. So I fired all of them except for two left the brokerage and I went and I joined uh, the brokerage that my buddy was at. It was a multi-level marketing company. So mm -hmm. him being above me, obviously was a little more incentivizing. Uh, but we were only there for a short three months. So while we were there, um, transferred over to then another brokerage, which is where I'm at today with Stunning Homes Realty with Steve Trang. And right when I jumped over, it was like perfect timing of everything. It was right before a lot of these guys that I'm like really close with kind of blew up on social media. Mm. That a lot of them, yeah. 
Like Steve has his podcast, Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, right when I joined the brokerage, a week later, he did his first episode. It's now like one of the top 10 real estate podcasts in the entire world. He gets like all of the guys on the show that are multimillionaires doing hundreds, if not thousands of transactions a year. And th- this is a guy that's obviously like my mentor. I was literally just with yeah. him before I came here today. That's awesome. So there was that. Uh, my buddy Templeton that he's over, I think he just left, but like he was over there. Um, and then he introduced me, Steve introduced me to another guy, Jamil. Um, he runs an operation where they do about like 80 to hundred transactions a month out here in Phoenix. And this was right before they launched their course. So they were like, Hey, we're going to teach people how to do exactly what we do. And I'm like, there's my credit card. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> negotiations. How about two payments instead of one? He's like, okay, sure. You're my first student. Let's give it a shot. And so I was the first student in this program that's kind of blown up now. And I got firsthand training from Jamil and then his partner, Josiah Grimes, who these guys are the foundation setters of 80 transactions a month. They took me under their wing, taught me everything in the investment side. And now fast forward three years today, I run a top team in the state as well. So that's kind of like that roadmap of how it all came to be over the investment side. I've really just blown up the last like three years. Yeah. And go ahead. You got a question. What's your favorite part? Um, I like making an impact. I really like just changing whether it's a community and a distressed home and helping everyone around it in the neighborhood have their value go up. Um, I like impacting the people on my team. I like impacting the people on social media and just watching them see that there's more out there. I think there's um, kind of what I was talking about at college at the beginning. I think so many people are accustomed to what they think life is. And then it's like when you get even in real estate, the amount of money I was exposed to and like what's possible in the world made me realize like, people just think small and I go back to variables. I don't know if it's like comfortability, if it's just what they're told to do, if it's scarcity, there's so many different options of like why people don't take action. But I'm like, man, like to me to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year is insultingly low. Yeah. I honestly believe that. But not 90% of people in the world will never make that. Yeah. They're, they're going, I can't imagine. $50,000 is the considered a good salary nowadays. And if you're making really good money, it's at 75 to a hundred. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember, I, I had a similar experience with, with money of like fighting to grind for each thing when I, I started uh, trading. I, I trade options. I don't like stocks as much as options. Sure. And I was I, my mind almost couldn't wrap around the fact that I sat down for five minutes, clicked a mouse a few times, and made, made 2000 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Money isn't what I thought it was. It's a tool. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not real either. Dude, like it can just be created. Don't even give me. Oh, I want to hear what I want to hear what you think because because I love what you're saying of like, it's it's so incredible what when you get exposed to something like the increase that can happen. Mm-hmm. Like your your mindset can be so so expanded by being around some someone else that has a bigger mindset. That's all it is. And and what I what I saw in, in the story you laid out there, and I I'm curious of what else you you might share in that. But what I saw is you were you were being someone in the way you approached of, hey, I'm creating a future. I'm going to work harder than everyone else. Even if it's not always perfect, yeah. you approached it that way that opened up these other opportunities. And I, I can relate a lot to what you were saying, the part where you were so young and were managing a uh, older people. When I stepped into my family business, my, my dad stepped out and actually left the country. So it wasn't like Hey, we're gonna hand. We're gonna get everyone used to you. It was like, hey, I moved back to the hometown. Right. He said, I'm out of here. I'm I'm leaving the country. You're in charge. And I was half the age and and less of most of the people there at the company. Guys have been there for 20 years. Yep. And so, even if I saw it a certain way, and even if I was quote unquote right, it didn't matter to them. For sure. 
it's politics, uh, yeah. But but it all we were able to really do a lot at the company and uh you know, for for X the company by um going in and working hard even when it wasn't wasn't right. Just being there, grinding first in, first out, like yep. just showing up sometimes makes the biggest difference, even if it's not perfect. I think going back to like why people don't go hard, they they wait until it's perfect. Never a perfect time. Never perfect. Never perfect. And it's like just go, be in action, be in movement, and good things will happen. Well, yeah, and especially that's where my message comes in. It's to the younger crowd specifically. But like I hate this narrative of like what you're told to do. And a lot of times it's because when you're young, you just think people that are older than you have more knowledge. And I would argue they've got life experience, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to give you the best advice or that they're smarter than you. So at a young age, it's like when you're following this path, like you don't really go and try all these different things at a young age. I'd rather see everybody try 50 different things and fail at every single one of them because guess what? You at least come out of it with self-awareness. Yeah. You know what you don't like. And then that makes it a little more clarity of like, okay, I know I don't like these. Maybe I should try this. If all else fails, shit, then go to a trade school. Then go into yeah. college. And maybe that's what you like best. Like mm-hmm. like my uh, my brother, he's just, just older than me. And before he went into the military, he had a he, – he was more entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Entre- you guys know what I'm freaking saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he had, he had a window washing company down here, and he was actually killing it. Like, it was yeah. growing fast. He was, like, ready to get employees, all that stuff. And uh, but he hated he had going and asking people for money. He yeah. had doing these things where now, like, being in the military or having a job where he gets told what to do, it's, like, the best thing for him. He's like, Absolutely. I, I and there's some people like that. Yeah, 100%. He, doesn't, he doesn't care to be a millionaire. Like, yep. he wants to do the stuff he's interested in. Yep. Like, have his costs covered of whatever if of he's course. making a decent living. And so, yeah, I think that's so important to – get that self-awareness and don't don't chase it just because what you see on social media is cool or whatever you gotta go try it yourself absolutely for sure um stepping back to this mindset thing which i think you probably answered in but um i bet a lot of i would imagine listeners could be wondering about it because if they're sitting there and they're going 100 grand is a lot of money for me for like, sure and and i would imagine in your store there was a point where you're 18 or 19 absolutely. where you're like yeah, hundred grand. Like I could go get a, a new pickup, and like I got all the money in the world. Um, what <laughs> no, do, do you remember? What and and I, I it could be a process. How would someone, in your opinion, sitting in that spot where hundred grand sounds like a shit ton of money to them? Yep, it, it's all how, relative. How do they start rewiring their brain and uh, or or raising their vision? How, however you want to say it, yeah. but to where they're like, yeah, no, I I can go create way more for my life. How would someone start rewiring their brain to think that way? So it's a lot of content, but not satisfied. Like you have to reach that milestone to be able to understand that it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. And so like I don't want my message to be like confused with people. I'm not some douchebag that's like hundred grand's chump change. Like no 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 no, hundred grand is a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and if you're making. 20k a year yes absolutely like, going from that to 100 hell yeah that is a massive like oh it's a huge that, upgrade absolutely that's life-changing money mm-hmm. and you do that consistently i know people that can budget 100 grand a year better than guys i'm buddies with that'll make 10 million in a year because they're keeping up with the joneses they'll make 10 million spending eight yeah so and then when you count taxes and everything they're walking away with like 400 500 a year you're like okay but making 10 million how is that yeah. What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just checking off the boxes. You have to originally start going from that 20 to maybe not right to 100. Call it 50 to 75 to 100. 
I remember the transition for me. It was when mm-hmm. I went from that 130 is my best year. And I remember thinking I was working 60, 70 hour a week. And I'm like, man, like this is just crazy. I have all these people I'm in charge of. It was a little bit of an ego boost at 19. You're like, sure. Go me. I'm doing this at 19. Well, I am well, rather great after all. You know? <laughs> no, literally. Though, like, <laughs> well, and especially if you didn't do good in school and you had teachers yes. on your ass, you're like, I could yeah. freaking what? You I could buy that school. <laughs> yeah. yeah it wasn't like, no, but like seriously, that was the ego that I had at that age, and I thought like the world almost owed me something. Yeah. It wasn't until I also had my ass kicked where I realized like, damn, I'm getting funded and everything's being handed to me by my dad. Like, and my dad was helping pay some of my bills. I was living at home. I had no understanding of like what the world actually cost. Yeah. So it was like, it goes back to self-awareness. Yeah. So my best year at 130 to when I switched over the next year and I did my first year, well, I went from 130 down to 60 when I went to that MLM, that multi-level marketing company. Uh-huh. So going from 130 to half a year, half my pay cut in a, like half a year, I'm like, whoa, this sucks. Yeah. So that was a good kick. But then next from there, my next year was like 275. Mm. And it's because I got exposed to the investment side. It was all like I was talking about with the levels. I went from like 30 grand to 75, I was like 75, 80 to then 130 to 60 to 250. That was like my level up of like, okay. And then I had to get humbled by going from that 130 to 60. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of just experience that I've been able to accumulate within the short amount of time. But it's making sure that you have everything in perspective. It's relative to where you're at in life. And if you need $5,000 a year to live off of, maybe you don't need $100,000. Yeah. Maybe you need 60000 And you could do that off of one transaction in real estate. And I'm not going to preach that real estate's 100% the way to go. Yeah. It's just my vehicle. So I think that the way that you get exposed to more money and you change your mindset of understanding like what else is out there is by surrounding yourself with people that are higher level thinkers. When you're making forty grand a year and your boss is making 55, 60, or let's even call it good situation, 80000 a year. Yeah. You're working for their dream. They're making 80 because they're eating off of the money you're making. You need to go out and instead of living for the weekends and spending money on going out for dinners and drinks, you need to go out and you need to go to an event where maybe there's some higher level players. You need to take a real step back and look at who's in your circle. Are all your friends making 30, 40 a year? Are they going home and doing a bunch of drugs and drinking and playing video games all night long? Mm -hmm. Those aren't people that are going to help you level up. So it's not that I'm saying don't be friends with them, just limit them. So I think it comes a lot to your sphere. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. And I think a lot of times, too, you can you can even be closer to – and I'm thinking someone that's like, man, I don't know how to get to a conference. You're probably closer to someone that's extremely successful than you know it. Absolutely. Start asking questions. Um, John had this habit for years and years before you got into doing businesses and stuff where he would take someone out to lunch almost every day. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I, I would go – it, for a time that frame, it was at least once a week, mm-hmm. but um, and then, but for at least about four years, it was at least as a minimum once a month. I tried to take someone who I at least knew in some way yep. that had been in business at least more than a few years and at least from outside looking in was doing well, and just hey, I will take you to lunch and I just want to hear your story, and see what and like absorb what you've learned for sure like invaluable. I was going to say, the amount of experience and stories, a lot of times like what got me to where I'm at today is just by shortcutting, by learning from others' mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's definitely a piece where you've got to go experience stuff yourself. Um, You talked a little bit about uh, people that have been there and maybe they're not smarter, but they've got experience. And sometimes that experience can also be a a drawback. Mm -hmm. A a reason why I've always, why I've kept this... uh, this podcast called Trash Talk. Obviously, it's kind of a playoff of Gareth Trashman. Like, mm-hmm. there's not that many trash people out there, so it's kind of my little niche. But 
one of the main things I heard when I took over that business, I, I would bring a, a business principle that we weren't executing on. I'm like, hey, we've got to do this this way. All the time I'd hear the trash business is different because people that had been there for 20 years, they had that in their mind. Like, no, I know we're supposed to manage our cash flow this certain way, but you know, it's just not that way in the trash business. It's like, no, it's business. That's what it is. So you got to watch out for that experience as well, because if you for let sure. paint the future, that's why, yeah, that's why I said you got to make sure the ones you're taking the advice from are the ones that are at least doing something in some way or another that you are trying to replicate. Yeah. It doesn't need to be business. It could be family. It could be how their work-life balance is. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well, and, and in my experience, the best advice or, or people that I really want to get advice from generally won't necessarily give me advice. Right. They'll they'll tell me how they did it. They'll tell me what they're observing, but they're not going to tell me what to do for sure. Because they're like, I, they may help you find your answer. Exactly. Yeah. They'll yeah. ask you the right questions and they'll give you like, I'm all about options. At the end of the day, if someone asks for advice, it's human nature that people like to have control. And so if you were to go and sit down with somebody and say, you need to do this again, that's just where my childhood, maybe I just different, but like I would challenge it. I'd be like, yeah. and this goes to strict parents. The minute you start telling someone what to do, they're going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I like to say, Hey, I would probably do this, but if I were in your shoes, you have option one, two, or three. Yeah. Let them pick. See, and I grew up the youngest of a very large family, and so I grew up like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I started to question everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I, I think is a great thing that, that people need to understand, whether we've talked about like raising your limit of what's a good living or whatever, or, or just saying yes to any authority figure. Everyone's got the option to rewire their brain. For sure. Your brain's absolutely hardwired in a certain way. But what's so cool about human beings is you can go in there and you can freaking tinker around with it, rewire your brain for how you want to create in the world. And I think that's a – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add on to what you just said. It's funny you say that because for the last probably seven or eight years, I've like to better myself and rewire how I've I've thought like – I've spent a lot of money and an immense amount of time like drinking from a fire hydrant yep. of learning and looking and figuring out and trying new things. And it's been really interesting because now my experience of myself is like, man, I have like taken like consumed so much content and done so much work to learn new things that now it's like I feel like the canvas of my life is like 10 x Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like – and now it's also like I got to get to painting. <laughs> like an ASAP. Yeah. Like it's like, oh my gosh, I got a freaking – I thought I was just painting this little picture and all of a sudden it's so much bigger and like, oh, I, I got to get to work. Like it's it's time to – Life is short. Yeah. yeah. So you've talked about Robert Kiyosaki, um, the mentors that you have yeah. in your life right now. Um, we mentioned Grant Cardone mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Gary Vee. Who – Someone that's interested in what you're saying, saying, hey, real estate, maybe that's my vehicle. What would you recommend to them to get started, to discover if it's their vehicle? Yeah, so um, I think it really should start on YouTube. Like, you got to just, like, help yourself a little bit. A lot of times, like, where I go and get frustrated with people is, like, they'll come in and they're like, I need you to help me and you're going to do it by this, this, and this, and I'll let you take X amount of percentage of my first deal. And I'm like, that's the least we're going to start with. But like, (laughs) you got to understand a lot of these guys that are going full force ahead, they're not going to be able to stop and like break to be like, yeah, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. I see it a lot. A lot of times it happens more with like the older guys um, that have been in the industry for a long time where they're like, this is now my prodigy. I've, I've made all my money. I've got everything set up. I'm basically retired for the last 30 years. This guy, for whatever reason, resonated with me. I'm going to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it all starts on YouTube and 
where I'm going with that, it's not just the education. I hate when people start by just taking a few YouTube videos and get a purchase contract. They're like, I'm in real estate. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Figure out what path you want to go in real estate. There's so many different options. And I think that my point of all this is where a lot of people go wrong in real estate is that it's shiny object syndrome. So they get in and the big facade right now is wholesaling will make you a millionaire within 30 days. Yeah. No, it's fast cash, quick close. Absolutely. This is where you see most of the ads. Like you could buy real estate with none of your own money, no credit. Well, that's an easy thing that plays really good on social media. Like that, that can be in a 30 second video. Like here's my checks. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I could flash those checks too. It's just like how much of that is net Mm -hmm. and it's different. So, um, the point of getting on YouTube is to figure out what avenue you want. There's traditional real estate where you can be a realtor. Understand the pros and cons. There's wholesaling. There's creative finance. There's multifamily. There's commercial. There's rentals. There's rentals could be short-term or long-term with Airbnb. Yeah. This could be development. This could be coaching. This could be, I'm sure I'm missing out five other options. Like yeah. New build. New build. Like literally, but my point is land. I mean, there's all these yeah. different ones. Like there's, that's 10 right there alone. It's easy to be like, okay, I'm wholesaling and I'm a realtor. Oh, shoot. Well, so-and-so on social media is killing it with creative finance. He's killing it with land. He's killing it with development. He's killing it with creative finance. Like all these different avenues that now you're like wanting to dip your toes in all these different ones. Get good at one or two things first. Figure out more importantly what your path is. And the way you figure out what your path is, is what are you trying to accomplish? What's your why? Mm. If you're trying to go long-term like what I am, I think you could pick any of them. If you're trying to go short-term, wholesaling. Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to variables and where you're at in your life. And then you got to reverse engineer and figure out which one's going to get you to your path. Maybe not quicker but more efficiently. Yeah. And yeah. then just surround yourself with the people that are doing it. Which is funny. I, I love that you share that because I've done a little bit of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because I've finally done enough like work to know what I want to create now. Yep. In a sense, because like the first house I bought, I bought it, lived in it for two years, yep. did a few upgrades, remodeled a few small things, but pretty minimal. Made a good chunk on it. I was like, man, didn't have to pay capital gains. Sweet. Yep. On my merry way, I go, I thought, oh, this is a great idea. Next house I bought, completely gutted and remodeled down to the foundation okay. and basically built a house in essence. Yep. Okay? And um, lived in that for two years, didn't pay capital gains. Okay. Third house I bought, I bought it, held on to it for a few months and sold it and made 20 grand and didn't do a damn thing. Wow. Okay? And then the fourth house I bought, I bought it had a partner come in and say, hey, let's flip it together. We flipped it and sold it. Okay. So like I've done a lot of other, I even flipped some land at one point yep. and built a brand new home. Nice. And the funny thing is, is the one thing that I would say is just doing something and figuring out what you want. Yeah. And you learn by doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just, where you may not even realize what you don't want to do until you actually try it. That's what I was saying. Like make all the failures and figure it out. I just think it's like some people get going and they get this momentum. Maybe they're investing into a course or investing their time, which is even more valuable into learning something. And then right when they start picking up some steam and then all like momentum starts going their way, it's like, well, what about that? And you're like, no, 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 no. Just double down. And I think that can be the danger of the YouTubes, the Instagram, TikToks, whatever. Social media is horrible, man. Well, and and I, I wouldn't even call it a blanket like that because there is a piece of it that can be so useful. Absolutely. Where it's like, Oh my gosh, it's possible. We got a guy over here that's 24 years old, um, killing it. He's got a business, doing this, a, a millionaire, all this. Like, especially coming from a really rural area, right? Where you would never see that if it wasn't for social media. Like, for it sure. just wouldn't be in your world. You wouldn't understand that yep. that's out there. And now someone can look and follow you on a daily basis. I think that part of it is awesome. Yes, absolutely. But they could also be following. Uh, man, I'm I'm blanking on names, but a. Uh, uh, 
a uh, hedge fund guy and a uh, you know 20 yep. different things and so they're stuck going I don't I don't know which direction to go it doesn't freaking matter yeah, just, just go just a direction for sure bring some focus to that that doesn't mean for the rest of your life right if you don't like it move on but yeah, yeah I think that can be a dangerous dangerous yeah, social thing. media is a double-edged sword I am um, comparison is the thief of joy I mean that's a very real saying and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times on social media the reason I don't like it is I think our younger generation is now just focused on trying to impress people they don't like with money they don't have yeah and it's like you need to just stop doing that I only post on social media literally for business every once in a while I'll post something personal but I'm literally doing it just as a tool and a resource to provide for my community that I'm building, but then also I'm trying to bring value for those around that follow me. Yeah. So aside from that, I don't want people comparing. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't get him to get on social media. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm like the one 24-year-old that will come out here and tell you, like, I think it's absolutely garbage. There's a lot of toxicity on there, but mm-hmm. the spinoff I could play on that is you attract what you're looking for. If you're going on social media to look at the sports cars and the Rolexes and whatever it is you're trying to find, You'll find it. Just don't beat yourself up if you find someone that is flexing it on social media and be like, I need to be that guy. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not material. Why do you want to be that guy? Is it because of the image? Is it because of ego? Is it because you want to feel as if you've got that kind of money? Yeah. You got to really figure out the root of your self-awareness with that. And there's nothing wrong with having nice things either. Absolutely like, not, dude. I, I dr- love it. Yeah. Driving yeah. a incredibly nice car mm-hmm. is a lot of freaking fun. For sure. But uh, yeah, if that's the whole purpose of your life, you're going to find yourself really, really empty. We yeah. had a, uh, um, a, a meeting I had my, my, we've got about five managers and we we had a really good discussion the other day about you're not going to find purpose in your work. People our guys can be fulfilled, but they'll not find purpose. And I think that, uh, that can be applied to material things or what you're seeing on Instagram. Like it's fun to chase like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this number as that reward. I'm going to go grab a, uh, yeah, Yeah. I I want a new Raptor. I'm going to go get a Raptor. Awesome. And you'll have some fulfillment in that Raptor. Like it'll be fun. It can create this experience with your family. Yes, it can be great. Things aren't bad, but it's not going to give you purpose. If that goes away, you've got to have something much, much deeper than, then you're wrapped Well, that's there. just it. And do you want to be remembered as a guy that had the cool Raptor that forgot about everyone else around him that helped yeah. him get there? Or do you yeah. want to be the guy that had the Raptor that also had a great work-life balance that everyone resembled and idolized? And when you're gone, you left a legacy. Yeah. That's an, I, I think materialistic things, a lot of people mistake it with happiness. Yeah. It's short term. Yeah. But, well, and we've all had experience of people that, Hey, they have something nice and no one can touch it. It's just admire me sure. in it. And then those guys are like, dude, I've got this. So everyone's going to have a good time with this. Yes. And like, and much more fun and to I'm do that. I'm all for that. I just want, and I think I should clarify too. There is nothing wrong with having materialistic goals. Like yes. One of my goals this year is like, okay, I hit seven hundred fifty thousand in gross. Then I'm going to turn around. And I want to buy a Rolex. Yeah. I have one. I bought it, but it wasn't for the right reason. I bought it trying to come across older when I was in the industry. I, mm-hmm. I finally had some money. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy a Rolex. It was yeah. stupid. But I, I'm going to ask you about that because sure. we haven't talked about this since um, Corey Gregory was on here. I don't know if you know him, but uh, he. He's got Rolexes. Yep. Um, he's he's built a big supplement. He's a fitness guy, yep. big supplement company. And his Rolexes are timepieces for his kids. For like sure. It's, it's this big legacy thing, um, which which I, I've been lucky enough to see that in my family. My grandpa's got a couple, and it's like, yeah, yeah. man, that's something that can live on in the family for sure. forever. Um, and I'm curious, you said you bought the first time for the wrong reason. Yep. Is do, do you hold the Rolexes as kind of like a legacy piece, or is it just a really nice thing that you'll enjoy more? Both. Both. Um, okay. I, I myself do like higher quality things. Um, yeah. I 
like literally just bought a Louis Vuitton wallet for the like I've never been in that store. And yeah, it was just, like it was my birthday. I'm like I'm gonna go celebrate and I want to splurge some money. I can justify a three hundred dollar wallet. Sure. sure. Yeah. The watch. Um, when I was younger, I had a fake one, and it was like I was trying to impress people I didn't like with money I didn't have. Yeah. Like I was saying, <laughs> and it was like, man, like why was I doing that as a kid? Was it image? Was it ego? Was it like, yeah. I was like man, like who who was I? I was but there was no kid. thought going back to intention. It wasn't like your intention was really clear. No, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, like what was I doing? And then I bought that one. I'm like, okay, like this I thought was going to be kind of the same thing when I became a millionaire. I'm like. There's going to be like some like crown that pops up that you walk around with. Like it's like status. Thing. Everyone knows I'm a millionaire. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. The status didn't stay above your head? Definitely did not. Weird. So weird. So when I bought it, I walked out of there. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. And it's like one of my favorite things I have. But when I look at it, I'm like, I don't even want to wear it. I don't want to scratch it. I don't want people to look at me now and be like, who are you? Like, yeah. you know, and so it, when I first got it, it was so that maybe I looked older. I was more accepted by the group of people that I was around because sure. I was around a multimillionaire, like a bunch of multimillionaires hey. in real estate. Grow facial hair, bud. That's literally, <laughs> right? literally, literally. So yeah. we're working on that. We're working yeah. on that. But nowadays, it's just like I want it to be something definitely be able to pass down. I want it to be something that I could wear on a daily, but it's for me now. It's not for the status or for the image of other people. And I want to actually go in there and buy it with that intention. Yeah rather yeah. than it being for somebody else. Yeah, love that. I think that's a great example of what we just talked about back Absolutely. there. So, yeah, perfect. So I'm curious, want to know, because you do do a lot on social media, um, yep. from from what I see. Um, once we talked, I put a little <laughs> alert, so I see when you post. Awesome. Um, so I might not get to all of them, but at least I'm like, yeah, he's on there a lot. Yep. Um, so curious, what's what's next for you? Um, what are you building? What are we going to see from you? So I'm really messing around a lot into the NFT space and crypto. So I'm in the works of putting together some NFTs for a community that I'm building where um, I'm trying to make sure it has good utility behind it. Mm. If I'm going to be doing this NFT, I want it to be a long-term play where the people that are going to be investing into this asset that I create is going to be something that they won't be able to put a price tag on. Yeah. So whether it's access to me in my office, to coaching, um, something along those lines or events that I put together. That's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, I'm working on a few development stuff, kind of trying to shortcut some processes as to how I'm doing 20 deals a month, basically trying to make it so that other people could replicate that mm-hmm. and just create a community around that. And then the last piece right now is education. So I'm working on a few courses at the moment to kind of just show people what I do. I was doing a lot of coaching one-on-one. Uh, and unfortunately I had to turn that off about a month and a half ago. I was just putting too much time, effort and energy into it. It was great. I was bringing in like 20 K a month, but I was just spending like really 50 hours a week helping my students. And the minute I turned it off, we put 17 deals on the board. Mm. So I realized that my time is better spent helping my team, growing that business, and then obviously doing the business myself. Yeah. So I'm trying to create something that's more longevity wise that I could provide to a community and say, hey, one time fee, pay this. It has all the stuff. Then if you want to do one on one, make sure they've done the course first, but then they'll be able to come in and invest into that. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, just a quick note on that NFT because sure. you could have a four-hour podcast on <laughs> on that, I'm sure. But I love what you said about your your creating, so there's going to be actual value behind that for sure. Because I think that's the man. It's like a piranha or a or a leech on yep. NFTs right now. Stuff with zero value. They're like not going to last. Yeah, it's got to have a utility absolutely in the real world. It mm-hmm. can't just be. Um, put together and thrown out there because a lot of people are making money. For sure. I've got well over six figures in NFTs and I make sure everything I'm investing into is for the long play. So I've got a few, like I've been flipping them and stuff, but like I want it to be like... Well, anytime you can flip anything, I say 
Absolutely. Go buck wild with Absolutely. it, people. Don't don't get me wrong with that. But the people that are saying, "Hey, I'm going to jump in. and I'm actually going to be in this world, create." And uh, man, I I think what you said there, they need to take note of. Of you've got to have real world value. Absolutely. In it. And I'm all about value. I don't. I will never in a million years um, put out a product that I won't be able to back up and make sure like. Anytime, even a podcast like this, I want to walk out of the room and everyone be like, man, the amount of value that was dropped was almost either too much to comprehend or it was just, I couldn't put a price tag on that rather than someone walking out being like, was that worth it? Yeah, was that, yeah, that, was yeah. that worth our drive I, down uh, here? I, I, I right. could justify that because of X, Y, and Z. No, yeah. I want someone to walk out and be like, you know what? I'll be using you for my glass. I will be following you on social media and doing all these things, collaborating together yeah. and getting people on your podcast and vice versa with my, like there's some kind of value in relationship that's formed. And that's where my age really plays into that. Where I'm at my experience wise and what I've been able to kind of learn from people, good and bad mm-hmm. is that I understand that my age is my greatest asset right now. Yeah. So while I am super young, I'm in this for the next 40, 50 years. Yeah. Don't burn bridges, provide over amount, over excessive amount of value. And more importantly, just have a good time. Yeah. So, well, and I, I remember when that flipped for me mm-hmm. because like I said, I started in a older business just yep. like you. And, and it's so funny how it, 30 is a weird age because in some rooms yeah. you're the old guy. How old are you now? Uh, well, I'll be 20. I'm 29. I'll be 30 this year. Okay. Awesome. So in uh, in so many rooms, I'm the young guy like, oh, haven't even got your feet yet, kid. You don't even know. Right. And in other rooms, it's like, this guy's over the hill. He's, he's no that. 30 is such a weird age. So enjoy enjoy your 20s right now because, yeah, as I'm approaching 30, it's getting weirder and weirder. Oh, dude, and weirder. I'm telling, like, I always tell everyone, I'm like, I'm now 24. I'm like, I'm 24 going on 50. Like, yeah. with the life experience and mindset, like, I, I'm, well, not anymore with all my NFT messing around, but I usually am in bed by 10 o'clock most nights at yeah. the latest. So. Yeah. And yeah. bed late, uh, early and up early every uh, every day. It's just it's that it's that old man mentality. But awesome. Uh, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. There you go. <laughs> yep. So um, all our listeners, maybe this is their first time coming across you. Sure. How do they follow you? Where do you like people to follow you? Can you? Yeah. Let so it, let um, I post a lot on TikTok. That's kind of like where my following for the most part is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my first and last name, Ryan Zolan. But if you're trying to get in contact with me, Instagram is definitely the way. Okay. So my same same thing, Ryan Zolan, R-Y-A-N-Z-O-L-I-N. All right. And I assume a YouTube channel? Ah, uh, Not yet. Not yet? So okay. I, I just hired a videographer. That's why I've been pumping out content. But okay. the goal is, is that YouTube, I think YouTube is great for educational purposes, but a lot of times people... I speak up for my buddies, but a lot of them post on YouTube because of the ad revenue. They're able yeah. to generate more income from that. I don't need the income from YouTube. So mm-hmm. I'm not really devoted to taking that much time out of my day to go and create YouTube content. So yeah, I'll good, get the result. Good example of not having the shiny syndrome, yeah. the shiny object syndrome. Seriously. Yeah, Which, like, going back to that, I wanted to say this earlier. Sure. The shiny object syndrome, if you're someone who wants to create businesses and systems and anything like that 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 syndrome is more than likely something that gets in your way a lot uh absolutely we call it focus yeah. like the, the, and the success of any endeavor mm-hmm. is dependent on the amount of focus that's brought to it that's all it is and the amount of value you bring to the community is what your price yeah. usually is that you make mm-hmm. yeah. so absolutely love it all right, man. Well, I'm super glad we could set this up. I know it took us a little bit to do For it, sure. but I, I appreciate you taking time because, like I said, time is the most valuable thing you got. So I know our listeners are going to get a lot of a lot of good out of this, knowledge, motivation, all that. So I encourage them to go follow you because your Instagram, too, I do have to say it is uh, – I, I, I don't spend much time consuming on, on Instagram too much, but it's – 
I, I've really enjoyed yours because you put out good stuff. Thank you. There's not fluff. Yeah. It's like, boom, here's here's good stuff. I'm not just putting it out to put it out. So Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you, thank you. And I appreciate you guys taking the drive down. Yeah, absolutely, ah, man. great. Super, super, what's sort of, I enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. Couldn't awesome. spit it out right. <laughs> All right. So you guys subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and appreciate you guys listening. Thanks, Peace. Yeah.